So welcome along to the book of Genesis. These, as we go through our Bible in a year, are being added in just to help give a little bit of explanation about these books. Maybe you do that little bit of research for yourselves and maybe you decide to have a look at some of these books for yourselves as we go through. I would certainly recommend that. Uh, so whether you've got a study Bible or whether you want to Google that, whether you want to go on whatever kind of commentaries you have, that is a, a great way. All that we're doing is essentially a little bit of an outline at the start. It's not a commentary. It certainly won't be that. Um, we'll not be going through verse by verse. I wouldn't do that to you. That's where we want the, the Bible to speak by itself to you and be able to, to speak. And maybe you want to reflect. There are lots of ways of doing that. Maybe you use silence or maybe you read through it a few times or listen to it a few times. Maybe, as some people have asked, you read through it at the same time. And so that just allows you to follow along. The uh, version I use is a Holman Standard Bible. And so, let me just double check that. The Holman Standard Bible. And so... Um, it can be quite difficult. It's not an NIV or an ESV or any of those kind of things. And so, uh, Christian Standard Bible, Holman Christian Standard Bible. And so there may be words slightly different, but that's good. That maybe helps you to study them or look into them a little bit. But essentially, we want to give you a little bit of an outline. I'm most of the time use it through this and through these books. We'll be using a, an ESV study Bible. You can get one of those your local bookstore, I'm sure, or Christian bookstore, or online if you want, and then also the Interpreter's Bible, um, which my father gave me, and so it's uh, essentially a commentary on the whole of the Bible, but does give outlines and a little bit of uh, explanation at the start, uh, and that's essentially what we want to give you. So there's a couple of minutes of me waffling a little bit. Let's start into Genesis, which means origin. That's the, the Hebrew word means origin. And so that in itself, whenever we think about the book of Genesis, tells us something. The title and all these titles, it's a part of the Pentateuch, which is the, the first five books of the Bible, uh, and the part of the Hebrew scriptures or the Torah, which is the law, that word Torah means law for the people of Israel. Uh, and many times I'll probably refer to either the Israelites or the people of Israel or the Hebrews, all kind of interchangeable. But this book means origin, and I'll explain a little bit about when we get to the end um, about how I've come to understand it. You may have a different understanding. That's fine. We all have ways of interpreting and understanding. Um, I have maybe gone into this or this has become my way of understanding certainly part of the book of Genesis because it splits into two parts but means origins about this first book in the Pentateuch the origin of the Pentateuch uh, and the, these books kind of all intertwine whereas the book of Job which we talked about uh, as the first book is a standalone book it's very different to lots of the other this Genesis is part of those first five, and so really they go together uh, and they sit very neatly together. They're not all of the same style. They don't all contain the same material. They have very interesting bits and very uninteresting bits. They are full of laws, and as we go through, we'll see and discuss a little bit more about that. But the Pentateuch essentially relates to Moses' life and his role in bringing Israel to the borders of Canaan uh, as the promised land. The Pentateuch... Uh, the overall theme of it is God's covenant with Israel through Moses, which established Israel as a theocracy, a nation where God's directives rule the civil, social and religious spheres for the sake of the whole world. And so it's not something where it's just for them, it's for the whole world. Genesis is the first volume of this section of the Bible, 
orients the reader to the rest of the Pentateuch and thus the rest of the Bible. It explains in story form the nature and character of God and the place of man in God's creation. It offers an analysis of sin and its consequences and describes God's reaction to it. I'll come back to that and circle around that. Um, in some ways, it's the purpose for uh, another part of uh, the ESV. The main purpose was to enable a community of nomadic shepherds in the Sinai Desert to celebrate the boundless creative goodness of the Creator. Some theologians and scholars think it was Moses who wrote it. Others think that uh, it was written later because it refers to certain places and refers to certain things, maybe that weren't around at the time when it was writing. Uh, And so there's debates, there's thoughts. You might land on one side or the other. You might be interested as we go through in those kind of debates. Feel free to go and look at those again. We're not going to deal with those here. But as the, the books show this life of Moses and as Moses leads this people, we're taking it as written by Moses or a collective of Moses to reflect to it. And one of the one of the things that stands against that is the fact that, not to give anything away, but when Moses dies at the end of the Pentateuch as they're on this border before they cross into the Promised Land into Cana, obviously the story goes on. And so it wasn't Moses write it. Some scholars say that he did write it and he, write it, he wrote it in advance. And so he, he knew he would die. He wasn't going to get it. And so he wrote that kind of end of the story. Others don't. Uh, and so we'll let you make up your own mind on that. But either way, it's a story of this relationship between God and Israel. Uh, this unique relationship, this is the Interpreter's Bible, it says, began not with the response of one man, Abraham, to an explicit divine call, but in a collective response by the group, then are later known as the sons of Israel, to this reality manifesting itself in the thunderstorm and in the volcano of Sinai. It's this story of the people responding to all God had done for them. That, as the ESV says, is the centre of gravity of it. The centre of gravity of the whole Pentateuch is this law giving at Sinai. And the central section suggests that its climax is God's glory filling the newly built tabernacle in Exodus chapter 40. And we'll get on, of course, that uh, as our next book. But essentially that is the, they're saying, is this centre, the central section. And I find that really interesting because as we have been studying Genesis uh, and as we have previously studied Genesis, it's definitely a book that splits into sections. And so you go through chapters 1 to 11 and as you you have listened or maybe read along with it, there is a certain way in which it's written and certain aspects that it describes. And then from chapter 12, it changes and shifts dramatically. And you can almost see that, as we're talking about this being the origin of the Pentateuch, you can see how the rest of it all fits together about this history of... Uh, the relationship between God, Yahweh, and Israel, and you can see about how they are the the centre of this and the the midst of this. But weirdly, the first 11 chapters of Genesis don't really sit with that terribly well. It's almost like either they've been written in afterwards, or it's it's a strange place to start, until you think of it, as I began to think of it a few years ago, in terms of the story about who they are. If this Pentateuch is about this relationship with Yahweh, with God and his people, if this is about their identity as the people who were brought to the edge of the the promised land and sent into the promised land, if that is your story and your background, 
The Esther is a start to that because they can point to Abraham, they can point to him and say, well, he's the founder, he's the forefather. He's where this story of us as a nation, as a people began and God, Yahweh's unique relationship with us there. But how did we get to that point? What happened before then? And I, because when we look back at these Bible stories, we tend to see them with Western eyes, with modern eyes. And then you think back to then when there was really no scripture it hadn't been written by this stage. This is the writing of these holy scriptures. And so it's easy for us to look back at this and think, well, they just got the Bible out and read these things. But the oral tradition was what everything was spread by, what history was spread by, what their identity as a people was spread by. And so think of them as nomadic shepherds, which uh, I think it was ESV mentioned that or um, anyway. Think of these nomadic shepherds going from place to place Probably not able to write, probably not wanting to write. But imagine them under the stars thinking and telling stories about who they were and how they came to be at this point and what their history was. When I first started thinking about this, we, I have two sons, five and a half year old at this point in 2023, uh, and a two and a half year old. And you get asked a lot of questions by kids. They want to know the whys, they want to know, uh, and they keep keep on going. And sometimes you end up down the rabbit hole and having to explain all kinds of things that you, you don't necessarily want to. But when we were studying Genesis, I kept thinking of myself of how would I describe to my children the story of how this world came to be if we didn't have a Bible. If we didn't have that, if we had this story of a unique relationship with God, and maybe as a Christian you think of that and think of your own unique relationship with God. If you didn't have a Bible to describe all that or a way of writing it down, how would you talk to your children, how would you talk to your grandchildren about how the world came to be as it is at this point? You might use all kinds of poetry, you might use all kinds of narrative, you might use all kinds of ways of identifying why there's a sun and a moon, why this earth came to be in the way it was, how it was created, how badness, sin entered the world how people ended up speaking with different languages and being spread across nations, how volcanoes erupted, how lands were split apart, how you ended up in this place doing the thing that you are doing. And it suddenly made sense to me that that's what the origin, that's what the Genesis is about, is about the beginning of their story. It's not a a scientific narrative. It's not a, sorry, not a scientific narrative. It's not a scientific document to try and say the ways in which God created certain things at certain times and certain periods. It's not, I believe, to be used in that way. As we go through, the stories aren't to be used in that way in the first 11 chapters. That's almost the backstory of how Abraham came to be at the point Abraham was whenever God called him. And so we use it in that way. It's a book of poetry. It's a book of proto-history, as some people might say. It's a book of a person or a group of people explaining to their children, to their grandchildren, how they came to be where they are. And it's interesting that the ESV talks about this central point being the law giving at Sinai and this section being... Uh, the tabernacle that was built and filled with God's glory. Because some believe that actually it all started at the Exodus. That's the central point. That's the that's the Passover is the, the main thrust, and we'll talk about that later, of who they are as a people, this, this event that happened. And so imagine there, 
Imagine in the wilderness trying to explain to your children, to your grandchildren, how you ended up in this place in the wilderness, freed from Egypt, but how you even ended up there in the first place. And so I can see how actually it all begins in Exodus. And at some point, Moses or this collective of people, it doesn't really matter, have thought, well, if we're going to write our story about the Passover as God's central activity, as God freeing his people and the Passover has huge implications for the rest of the Bible, how did we end up there? And so we go back and Genesis, interestingly, ends with the people in Egypt. It's almost, for me, as I read it and as I go through it, a story wonderfully told, historical narrative of their story up until that point. It's almost as if these writers at some point have sat down and thought, how did we end up where we are? Let's figure this out. Let's actually put this in paper. We've been told these stories and it's not, when I say that, it's not as if they've just made it up in the spot. It's not like they kind of thought, oh, well, how did we get here? And just started talking random stuff and making up random people. They, and it's, they had knowledge of their history. One of the things to look out for, we're told, um, and this is the ESV that tells us this, the thing to look out for is actually these uh, hallmarks of Genesis uh, is the heading or title. These are the generations of the bits that we find really uninteresting when we go through it, essentially, are the bits that we need to take heed of because they are the bits that are the the proof for these people of how they came where to be. They're not just making up. They're saying, well, these are the generations of the heaven and the earth. These are the generations of Adam. These are the generations of Noah. These are the generations of the sons of Noah. And you can see all these, chapter 2, verse 4, chapter 5, verse 1, chapter 6, verse 9, chapter 10, verse 1, the sons of Noah, chapter 11, verse 10, these are the generations of Shem. And then we go into this history of the patriarchs and Ishmael, Isaac, Esau, Jacob, all the way through all the genealogies, all the stuff that we really don't want to read or listen to or even speak. And you can't understand the pain I went through pronouncing some of these names and if you're a Hebrew scholar my apologies because they're terribly pronounced but this is the story of how they came to be where they're at in the place that they're at with all these genealogies stretching right back and they get back to the start of Abraham and go oh well how did he get to where he was and we have those first 11 chapters of uh, of Genesis of this origin of the world and all it is, the origin of sin, and all it is, it is the origin of the people of Israel and the origin of their exodus from Egypt. So there you go. There's a little bit of um, an outline for the book of Genesis. I know, again, maybe you're you're through it already. Maybe you're going back over it. Maybe you're listening uh, a few times. Hopefully this will help. If you have any questions, you can contact me uh, and get in touch, and I'd love to hear a little bit more. And then we'll move into the book of Exodus and see more about that event, that central key aspect to the people of Israel and their history, their identity, and what God did through it. Thanks for listening. Yeah, please get in touch if you have any questions or anything you want to add to that. Um, anything you found through the book of Genesis. Uh, and hopefully it's been a good origin uh, for you with grace and peace.